Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tefra Jamian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So uh, we are here today with a Q&A episode, a thing that we do every once in a blue moon, uh, where we answer questions submitted by past guests of the show. You got questions, we got answers, baby. Ooh, yeah, we do. Uh, and we are doing a Q&A together for the first time. Yeah, this is my first <laughs> time. I'm very excited about it. Are you ready to ace some cues? I'm ready to ace some cues. All right. Lay them on me, baby. Let's do it. Our first cue for this episode comes from a friend of the show, Jake Bowers. Jake was on uh, LGBBQ not that long ago, talking about deviled eggs and, mm-hmm. and queerness and mm-hmm. goat farming queerness. and stuff. Deviled mm-hmm. queerness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Uh, and uh, here is Jake's question now. What is your favorite, like, odd grilled cheese combination? Hmm, fascinating. Yeah, this is, a, this is a fun one. So grilled cheese, obviously. A standard what's your like standard grilled cheese my standard grilled cheese is cheddar um okay. it's just like a basic like cheddar cheese on bread and actually so i don't know if this even counts as grilled cheese mm-hmm. but i grew up eating what you call cheese toast okay as sure. grilled cheese which is just like the welsh rare bit yeah just like like bread with cheese on it under the broiler okay yeah which is fun to pile things on, mm-hmm. and I, I I have piled things on, but I think I'm less of a grilled cheese connoisseur than some. Okay, because yeah, I would argue that like cheese toast is not a grilled cheese sandwich because you don't eat it as a sandwich, really. It's not really grilled. No, that too. It's a broiled cheese. Yeah. Slide, slide, flatbread. I guess is. However. Yeah. Um, I've got to say that. If we're talking about broiled cheese slides for a moment, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a gluten semi-avoidant person, Mm -hmm. um, I've eaten a lot of cornbread. I've eaten a lot of Mm. grease cheese. A lot of grease cheese. A lot of of cheeses melted on cornbread because Mm. it's easy to make gluten-free and it's tasty. And one thing I love to do is cornbread, slice of sweet onion, like a Vidalia Vidalia onion, cheddar cheese on top of that. Grill it um, and slice a tomato. Ooh, okay. And eat that all together. That is a real good sandwich. That sounds like a real good sandwich. Yeah. I like that. And I like top bun being replaced by tomato. No, you do, you you can squoosh it with another piece of cornbread as long as you like like toast and lightly butter that piece of cornbread sure yeah yeah that sounds really good um and you can also put the tomato under the cheese and grill it like that okay sure yeah like a little tomato blanket yeah the cheese is the little tomato blanket (laughs) yeah tuck it in tuck it all in (laughs) i like that okay okay yeah like it's like not a grilled cheese really but like i like it as a as a grilled cheese substitute or a grilled cheese analog 
Yeah, well, it's just what I grew up calling grilled cheese, and I know it's not accurate, but we were, we did not use, like, fats (laughs) in my household, so everything that could be just, like, toasted, yeah, Yeah. anyway. Yeah, well, and and I feel like you, listeners, I don't know how many homeschoolers you know personally, Hey, (laughs) but I feel like homeschoolers should get a pass for having weird names for things or having names for things that are not quite the thing. Yeah, cuz we don't know any better. Yeah. Well, uh, cuz a lot of t- a lot of the time when you're homeschooled, you just grow up with like whatever your family's weird name for a thing is and everyone else learns the 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 casual, the normal name for the thing because they're, you know, at school and they, you know, call cheese toast grilled cheese and their friends yeah. are like that's not grilled cheese, idiot. Yeah. And then they get sad about it and hurt forever. Yeah, you're really bringing up some painful memories here. However, I would like to argue that when you use <laughs> the toaster oven, yeah. technically the toaster oven has a grill. Sure. Okay. So technically, technically speaking. Technically a grilled cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas classic grilled cheese usually make in a frying pan. It's true. And arguably, ha. you should call that sandwich a griddled cheese. cheese. Griddled cheese? <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Or fried cheese sandwich. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. It's a cheese panini. <laughs> um, for yeah. me, yeah, like I love, I love grilled cheese. I love um, the the restaurant I work at has like a grilled cheese sandwich option now. That's like, it's like an Italian thing that's cheese and like cheesy sauce and ham between Oof. two slices of bread, but then it's like battered and fried. Oh my god, that's like a that's a that's there's a name for that, isn't there? Uh, we call it the mozzarella and carrozza. Okay, which is, you know, very nice cheese in a carriage. Uh, the the carriage being grease, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Uh, it's not that unusual though. Like it yeah. just feels like it's a grilled cheese taken to the next level. It's kind of like a um a Monte Cristo, Monte Carlo. Maybe there's some kind of. Yeah, sandwich. That, that sounds right. Anyway. <laughs> um, I don't like to mess with grilled cheese too much. I'm kind of a grilled cheese purist. Yeah, that I don't, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, well, just because like there's not a lot of stuff you can put into a grilled cheese sandwich that doesn't mess with the texture too much. Because what you want with a grilled cheese is to slice it in half after and pull the cheese yeah. apart. And you want yeah. it to be like a good cheesy bite. And I feel like, you know, you could do like a croque monsieur or whatever where you put like apples in it or ham or whatever. Yeah. And those are nice. They taste good. But the texture is wrong. Uh, yeah, I guess if you want to just bite straight through it and you put some fruit in it. Like. Well, that's it because that's what I want yeah. is to bite straight through it. Yeah. So for me, odd grilled cheese combination comes to like what do you have on the side or like what do you what cheeses do you use maybe like at most? Nah, like, I don't think I don't that know. counts as odd. I don't think I think yeah. you're failing at the spirit of the question. Here. I think I might be honestly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I have another one for the people. Okay. I'll just put it out there because this just occurred to me that it is, as as you read it, I was like, no, this is the odd one. For sure. Odd. So this is, again, still cheese toast. However, mm-hmm. cheddar, again, with sure. apricot jam. Hell yes. So good. And what I would do is actually put the jam on the cheese after it was melted. Okay. But I think if you wanted to do a classic grilled cheese, you could like jam the bread and yeah. then put the cheese between it. Uh, apricot's my favorite, but really like any fruit jam and orange marmalade, you can do different like mixes with different cheeses and different jams. Mm-hmm. I am a really big fan of that. I think it's extremely yeah. tasty. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that 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 is a good direction for that for me too. I think 
like I yeah jam on a grilled cheese rules and is not too out of left field mm-hmm. um I've done like peanut butter on a grilled cheese which melts and gets really messy but it's delicious mm-hmm. love peanut butter and cheese yeah I mean I, I guess like if I have to get past the textural thing right and accept <laughs> that my grilled cheese is gonna have a like substandard grilled cheese texture because <laughs> I'm gonna say it that is that is for me the gold standard for grilled cheese has to be like like American cheese slice in the middle right. of some bread, like just yeah. buttery as hell, and two and layers of crunch and then goo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I'm willing to forego that, then yeah, like like bacon and and jam, like something really salty and sweet, kind of hitting it at the same time with the cheese sounds mm-hmm. really nice to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we move on to the next question? Let's move on. Hit me with it. All right. The next question, also from our LGBTQ series. I think all four of them for this one are from LGBTQ, actually. Yeah, well, they are. That's kind of fun. That's fun. Okay. So uh, this is our LGBTQ Q&A <laughs> edition. LGBTQ and a if you will. There we go. Boom. Beautiful. Love it. So our next question in this, the unofficial LGBTQ uh, food Q&A episode Woo. thingy, sentences are hard, mm. comes from Caddy Diop, your Ooh. co-host over on Yeah. Caddy. Here's Caddy now. Okay. If you could have a single meal for breakfast every day for the rest of your life the same your other meals can definitely be varied whatever but breakfast you have to have the same breakfast from now until the end of your life what is that breakfast i mean i was gonna say this was hard but if i'm honest (laughs) i kind of always have the same breakfast which is a cup of coffee (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's not healthy (laughs) But it's breakfast. It is basically what I have every day, though. It breaks your fast. To be fair, it's two cups of coffee, hey, usually. That's a whole meal. Okay, but in an ideal world where you like have the energy and the resources and the appetite right. to have a breakfast every morning, right? what do you think you'd want mm. if it had to be the same thing every day? Bearing in mind you get, like, like Caddy said, you get variety and everything else. You just don't get variety for breakfast. Yeah, no, that works for me. I'm I'm a basic breakfast kind of person. Um, this is hard for me. Do you have uh, yeah, an answer? Yeah, I do yeah. for sure. So I think the nice thing with this one is of the meals, this is the easy one to have this as the assignment, right? Because I think for lunch and dinner, you want variety because you're like later into the day a little bit, yeah. you know? Like you need something kind of nice to like break up the middle of your day. And then at the end of the day, you want something to be looking forward to. But breakfast is the meal I feel most okay with being just sort of utilitarian. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm fine with waking up in the morning and having the same thing every day because, like, who cares? Like, I'm yeah. just, I need to, like, stumble out of bed to put something in my body. Uh, you also have the same thing for breakfast every day. Basically, yeah. yeah. So for me, the easy answer is cheese toast. Yeah. Uh, now, if we're going to get, like, strict about it and say that it has to be a specific cheese and a specific toast mm-hmm. because, like you know otherwise there's too much variety or whatever um i really oh, this is hard this feels like killing my darlings a little i would change it up a little bit uh and i would do a whole baguette yeah with uh, buttered salted okay. butter and then mm, this is upsetting that i have to pick a cheese but i would go with like an aged cheddar yeah, yeah. Just and those you three have things. to eat the whole baguette every morning i mean you, you know i will yeah Okay. I'm fine okay. with that. I would That's eat a very whole. French. This is very French of you. It is, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah a, whole, a whole warm, fresh baguette with 
salty butter and aged cheddar. And like, I'm talking the most aged cheddar imaginable. I want my cheddar so old that Leonardo DiCaprio won't even look at it. Yeah. So like, I really like to have like coffee with a little pastry. That Mm. is something I enjoy. A little, a little muffin or a little croissant or a little, um, right now I like made this apple cake. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and like I love to have a cup of coffee and just a little nibbly something. Mm-hmm. So I think I would say, see, I was definitely gonna say I was gonna I was gonna find a loophole, <laughs> and I was gonna say like seasonal fruit muffin. Like okay. I get a muffin every morning, but the the type of muffin changes seasonally with the fruits. Okay, okay. So it might be like apple in the winter, or like bran, something cozy and hearty. It might be blueberry in the summer. Do you okay. think I can get that? Because you know what is good is a peach muffin. A good peach muffin. Yeah. Oof, it's a good muffin. I feel like I feel like a seasonal fruit muffin. Yeah. Here's here's where I think we can do it. We can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Is it has to be one fruit per season. That's fine. So yeah, it's like I can do that. If you're having peaches in the summer, that's your summer yeah. fruit muffin. Yeah. It switches up four times a year. Yeah. It's like <laughs> pears in the fall, like apples in the winter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's like, your spring one? Ooh, see, I was going to say strawberries, but strawberries really start late. Mm-hmm. Spring is kind of tricky in Quebec. We don't have that much seasonal spring yeah. stuff. I guess strawberries really are the earliest. Yeah, well, I mean, it helps like you can grow them in greenhouses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess strawberries. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd eat it. But there's also like carrot, right? Like there's there's right. other options. There's pumpkin. Like... There's there's options. There's yeah. options. Yeah. And, and it's okay them. if I don't get to pick. That's all right. Okay, okay. Yeah. As long as it's some kind of nice muffin. Yeah, exactly. If we're okay. like 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 theoretically I feel like I'm like imprisoned mm-hmm. but in a nice prison. <laughs> where like there's a chef making my meal here. It's breakfast prison. Yeah. <laughs> after yeah. after ten o'clock you get let out and then when you go to sleep you wake up the next morning in jail again. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> breakfast prison is a great concept. What a concept. <laughs> But yeah, just like a, a nice little muffin. Okay, nice I little like muffin. That. I'm, I am, I am a bear of simple tastes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Ooh, should we take them to the mid roll before we go to the third question? Ooh, let's take them to the mid roll. Ooh, let's do it. Hey folks, welcome to the mid-roll, the part of the show where we ask you for money and things. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever you're listening on so you never miss a new episode. That's free. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend, two things that are also free. For every new rating and review we get during the month of October, we will be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG, which is free for you. The Depot can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So, in need. In need. <laughs> in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a raging review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Do you want to tell them about our merch, Tuffer? We got new merch. It's on the pad. It's on the pad. It's on the pad. It's on the pod cavern. We have new merch on the pod cavern. It's real cool. You can get our logos on stuff on pretty much anything that you want. Um, You should go check it out at the link in this episode. And we will get money if you buy our merch. Buy a hat. All right, back to the show. All right, next up, also from this year's LGBTQ, Sophie Lane brings us a very fun question what what food do you think is the most fuckable and then what food is like marriage material 
So, like, right off the bat, right off the bat, I gotta ask, are we talking physiologically or are we talking vibes? Let's go vibes. Yeah, I think we gotta think, go vibes. Because physiologically like, is a little too easy. like cucumber. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you wanna fuck a cucumber, you could, like, slice up in a melon, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Apple pie, classic. But, but these are boring answers. Exactly. So, like... So, so let's talk about vibes. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage material... Well, I guess we got to start with fuckable, right? Yeah, let's start with fuckable. Fuckable. Like pizza? Sure. Tacos? Okay, so for the for the fuckable you're going with something like immediate gratification. Yeah, exactly. Leaves you feeling kind of bad afterward, but yeah. you enjoyed it a lot in the moment. Yes. Okay. It's <laughs> don't greasy. Psych- don't psychoanalyze me. <laughs> I'm taking it personally. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. No, but like I don't know, tacos don't fit that bill. Like tacos are tacos are always a good time, sure. right? Tacos are that's why I'm thinking tacos. I think the problem here is that your default taco in your mind is not a Taco Bell taco, and yeah. in my mind that's the default taco. Yes, my default taco is like a taco from Mexico. Sure, yeah. Forgive me. Yeah, yours is less greasy and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, filthy yeah. than mine. All right, fine. Well, what's your most fuckable food? I don't know. This is a really, really difficult one. I think, like, if we're thinking about, like, a food that that hits the right spot, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm like, mmm, okay, and then I'm, like, <laughs> satisfied every yeah. time, it's like a fresh baked cookie. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I'm talking like a a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie, mm-hmm. maybe chocolate chunk, uh-huh. depending. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be like a like a like a seventy percent cocoa chocolate yeah, chip. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, pretty yeah. dark, Something gooey. Yeah, yeah, gooey, dark, salty. Mm-hmm. It needs to hit the salt. Yeah, and it needs to hit the whoa. Yeah, and I think then it's sexy for me. Yeah, I love that because you know that's something that you like. It's gonna hit the spot. Yeah. You're gonna crave it easily, but it's not. It's not marriage material because you can't eat just cookies, right? No, exactly. Like it can't be your full sustenance, but like it's a real nice treat on it's the side. It's a real nice treat, yeah. And yeah. sometimes you have like a whole sleeve of cookies in one go, yeah, exactly. right? Or like a whole yeah. batch, you know? A marathon. That's yeah. it. Maybe you leave them out on the counter for too long yeah. and people come by and steal them. You lost me there. Uh, you walk by a bakery and smell it and think, yeah, I need some of that real Absolutely. Quick. Yeah, get that. Mm-hmm, get it. Mm-hmm. This uh-huh. is a good answer. This is a good answer. Cookies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I'm honestly. I think the needle is moved. I think I'm with you on that. I yeah. think I'm with you on cookies. So marriage material food though. Tacos. Yeah. Okay. Always good. Always sustainable. Sustenance. Sustainable. St- I went real francophone there for a minute. Aye, it's okay. Um, <laughs> Who do you want to marry? You can like like it changes it up, you know, because it's sure. not always the same taco, but it's always like reliable. Mm. You know, like okay, okay. like it can do something new. It can role play a little. It's mm-hmm. like down to try new things, but like at its core, you can rely on it to be a taco. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's soup. I almost said soup. Tell it, me about soup. Tell so, me about this sexy, sexy soup. Well, I didn't say it was sexy. I said it was marriage material. I mean, if you're marriage materialing somebody, still you want. pretty sexy. Like yeah. I'm, like like I'm both We're right married. What? Um, what? <laughs> right. I I think like soup for me is marriage material because you can have it cold, so it's it's good year round. It's always <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> just like the immediate. For well, me, okay. soup is like marriage because it can be cold. Listen, <laughs> and eventually it's drained. It's draining. Uh, you you can strain parts out of it. Um, <laughs> 
you're gonna leave it in the back of your freezer once in a while talk about taking things personally break your tupperware trying to thaw it no but you know what i mean this like soup bleak soup is it's a little chunky it's a little chunky it, it goes bad quick if you don't seal the air no uh, <laughs> it's like seriously though like soup is like has variety built into it yeah, yeah. it has different like textural and temperature components that like are all pleasant Mm -hmm. and I think that's what you want is like not necessarily something that's going to like blow your mind every single day but something you can count on something that will comfort you when you're feeling bad something that will like heal you when you're feeling Mm -hmm. sick right um but at the same time soup can be fucking cheddar and broccoli and just like a hell of a good time once in a while too right and i think that's what you want you want a food that is your your buddy your partner through it all that like also can't be the only thing that you rely on because you need other stuff with your soup right but is always there for you yeah and like fills in the spaces in your (laughs) tum-tum this is very cute this is a nice metaphor thank you (laughs) yeah so we're marrying soup and tacos yeah and we're fucking cookies Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Our last one, a little bit more personal, actually comes from last year's LGBTQ. Ah, wow. Sorry. Sorry, you guys. It's been a while. Look, we save these guest questions and we get to them when we get to them, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This comes from episode seven of No Bad Food. Oh, wow. Which is uh, 64 episodes ago. Jeez. Crazy. Uh, It comes from Gabrielle Vendette. This might be a long winded question, but like, how did you get into food so much. Do you want to start or should I? Sure. I mean, it goes back to when I was very small um, and I realized pretty quickly that uh, you need to eat food. Sure. Regularly. Yeah. That's how I got into food. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, but like on a deeper level, right? Like what what brought out the passion for you in food? What What, you know, what made you care about food as more than just sustenance because I think a lot of people do care about it as just sustenance right I'm sorry no you're proud of yourself for that bit I get it I'm sorry I'm being I, a little little punk I think for me it's the sort of communal aspect of it right? yeah it's mm-hmm. that food lets you connect with people mm-hmm. it, it brings people together you know it, it creates a little routine that brings people together and does so in a way that doesn't like inherently create any hierarchy right yeah (laughs) where a lot of other things that routinely bring people together do uh food is is like diplomatic and unifying and and like comfy yeah yeah i like that i get that um yeah if i'm gonna answer more seriously and less like a snarky little bitch food media food writing is actually something i've been interested in in a really long for a really long time. I think the first time I did a piece of food writing was in college Mm -hmm. and found that I really enjoyed it. And it's something I've kind of played with here and there for a long time, including the the podcast that never was one (laughs) dish that we finally aired that that episode on our stream. I love cooking and I I love baking and I love eating. Mm -hmm. And it's also something actually that goes back to the first time um, I was working on eating disorder recovery. Mm Which was as a teenager, I was I was uh, an athlete and got to a point where I realized I was either going to have to give up my eating disorder or sports, that that was kind of the choice I had because I couldn't uh, maintain the, the level of training that I needed to. 
um, without eating. And I started cooking uh, and baking a lot more. And this was also because it was a year that my mother was quite sick and my father had um, a surgery. So he wasn't able to take on housekeeping for a couple of weeks. And so I handled meals. I think I've talked about this on the show before, actually. Maybe. I, I handled the like grocery shopping, meal planning, everything mm. for a little while when I was about 15. Right. Um, and found that I just really enjoyed it. Like I like feeding people and I like the creativity that comes with meal planning. And I really love the way that it connects. I mean, you know, my big thing is seasonal eating. Sure. I love the way it connects me to the natural world, especially living in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something that feels so good about being kind of linked to the rhythm of the seasons yeah. in that way. And that's something that like we've talked a little bit about this, I think, but also ties in with like the the bits of witchcraft that I practice and like cooking as a way of healing people and nourishing mm-hmm. people is very big for me. Sure. Um, so then like talking about it just feels like a natural <laughs> progression of that. It's been really fun to have this aspect as well, especially doing it with you because mm-hmm. like food is very much a family thing yeah uh, and it feels very natural to do this with my family yeah Yeah. no I get that yeah that's it like I think you're spot on when you say that it's like it's a thing where you can nourish people and like there's a beauty to that Mm -hmm. and I think that for me like I've always been someone who likes to to think a lot about stuff and talk about stuff and kind of hash out ideas with people um which is why I've been podcasting for like seven and a half (laughs) years and like it is there's something nice about doing that in a way that is related to things that feed people things that 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 give people something directly right Mm -hmm. because like I don't know like I think words can only go so far right but when you're talking about something that brings you joy that joy is going to spread and when you're talking about something that brings you joy and can also be consumed in a physical way that nourishes people's bodies as well mm-hmm. it gives you the ability to to like you're, you're dealing with something that is both physical and metaphysical at that point you're yeah. you're you're nourishing their you know brains and their souls but you're also nourishing their tummies yeah and, well, and that's beautiful and I, I mean, love I that this is why we see like in in pretty much all religious systems mm-hmm. we see food as a component yeah. like like there's always traditional foods around rituals, whether that's, you know, the, the specific meals you eat on high holidays or Ayurvedic uh, uh, medicinal traditions yeah. or um, bread and wine for the... the Francis. <laughs> <laughs> the Eucharist is yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's something... I was going to say human, but I mean, it's something... It's something natural. It's yeah. something the whole natural world shares. Yeah. The other thing I think that really draws me to food as sort of a human experience is pleasure. Sure. We talk a lot about joy, but it's also like food is very much about pleasure. Food sure. is about a full sensual experience. Yeah. You want good smells. You want good taste. You want it to be visually pleasing. You want it to to feel good. The textures in your mouth. You want to fuck a cookie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in so many ways, I think especially our generation, the culture we were raised in was very devoid of pleasure was very separated from pleasure there's a lot about status there was not very much about being in your body and enjoying things in your body yeah and 
you know, of course we talk about that around sexuality. That's an important component. But the way we eat is also affected by that. Sure. And I find that just like our whole thesis here of talking about food without shame in just a joyful celebratory way is one of the ways to reclaim food as a pleasurable experience and appreciate the way it makes our bodies feel good Um, and our brains feel good and it tastes good and it's cozy and it is just so nice to eat a meal together. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's it, right? Like we, you know, we laugh at the idea of a food that you can fuck and a food that you can marry. Yeah. But like, actually, that question can can take us to someplace really deep, right? Where yeah. like, yeah, hedonism extends beyond just sexuality. It, it extends to all parts of the like human physical experience, right? Yeah. There is a a real beautiful thing that happens to our bodies when we do things just for pleasure. Yeah. Whether it's sex, whether it's eating, whether it's like physical activity, right? Like wearing you don't cozy have to, clothes, yeah. wearing soft pants, right? Like That's it. Like you can you can go you can run because you are being chased by a bear. You can run Hopefully. on a treadmill because you are training to be the best athlete at running in the whole entire world. You can also run because of the endorphins that it releases in your body that make you feel good right and all of those are valuable and we we you know celebrate people for running for fun because we have been told as a society that we should value physical activity and i think we you know sometimes maybe for the wrong reason celebrate people for having sex for fun right Uh, but we didn't used to i think it's a swing in the better direction to overpraise but like Mm -hmm. We don't with food that often, right? Yeah. We don't really praise people for just getting whatever looks good to them, whatever they think is going to bring them joy in that moment. And we need to, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like a thing I tell my customers at the store all the time is like, don't worry about, you know, the salt, the sugar content. Like, I mean, you know, unless you have like medical reasons too. Yeah, yeah, but if they're just like, oh, I'm being naughty. I'm going to get a cannoli today. I'm like, look, you're not being naughty. You're just doing something that's going to bring you joy. Yeah. Eat the fucking cannoli. Eat the fucking cannoli. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have a good time. Well, and it's this is actually a conversation I was having. Uh, I went. I had brunch with some new friends this mm. weekend, which was an exciting experience. Um, and we were talking about specifically about how how we had the the sex positivity movement, and we've been talking about having sex for pleasure and enjoying our bodies and trusting our our instincts and you know trusting your no and trusting your yes in terms of sex for like a decade now probably sure um and that is just barely starting to be applied to food as well but it's true like having this fear that if you eat the cannoli all you're ever going to do is eat cannolis for the rest of your life mm-hmm. is exactly the same as having the fear that if you masturbate you will suddenly become an uncontrollable masturbation monster and never be able to stop right it's exactly the same concept as if you ever look at porn you might become addicted right um but but we haven't applied that yet to food and we haven't applied i mean we're starting to yeah of being like no you for me it's ultimately about body trust Mm -hmm. it is trusting that your body knows what you need and will tell you what you need yeah and not that it's, you know, telling you it wants chocolate, but actually what it really wants is protein powder. No. No. <laughs> it wants chocolate. It wants those endorphins. It yeah. wants you to feel good. Yeah. Um, and the more you experiment with that, just like with sexuality, if you're coming out of maybe a really restrictive sexual 
um, ideology and moving into something that's a little more based on on pleasure and desire, you might at first just go in one direction a whole lot and then at some point you'll kind of find balance and figure out what you actually like it's exactly the same with food you might want to just eat cannolis for three weeks but at some point you're you're gonna want to stop eating cannolis because your appetite does that um so and it's just about like trusting your systems and trusting that that your body is taking care of itself right because our bodies know how to take care of themselves but we are so accustomed to blocking out those signals yeah and not listening to them and so yeah celebrating food for me is also it's not just pleasurable it's not just fun it's also kind of radical it's also kind of activism because I really really believe that we need to embrace the pleasure of eating just wholeheartedly (laughs) amen (laughs) all right folks that's it for this installment of lgbbq and a thank you to our guests for leaving these questions thank you to you for listening and uh yeah be well today take care of yourselves eat something yummy yeah whether you are in the southern hemisphere and spring is starting and you want to eat something fresh and exciting or you are like us in the northern hemisphere going into hibernation mode and want something cozy just eat something that makes you happy today yeah in the famous words of george costanza i'm shifting into soup mode let's do it All right, folks, thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at NoBadFoodPod and individually at TefferBear and at TomZalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to Patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Carlea, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, and Sarah. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. If that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends at Podcavern. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Marriage Material Ingalls, and our cover art is by David I Wanna Fuck a Cookie Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but certainly not least, the show is produced by me and Teffer and edited by me as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at podcavern.com. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Tong. I'm Sam. And I'm Laura. And we are... Disney Dummies! Look, we know there are Disney super fans out there, but even the superest of fans could still be Disney dummies. That's why the three of us are on a quest to watch every single animated theatrical release in chronological order. From Snow White all the way to whatever's out right now. We dive into each movie in detail, talking about fun facts, 
talking about the animation, hit you with some hot takes, our favorite reviews on the internet. We even talk about who fucks. I still can't believe that's an actual segment. So join us every second Wednesday for another episode of Disney Dummies and Pixar Pals when we finally catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by the fairy tale whimsical depths of the pod cavern. Hey there, I'm David. I'm Tess. I'm Giovanni. And I'm Greg. And we're Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. Each episode, we pick a topic, and each of us brings a video game that we think best fits that topic. Tune into the show to find out how Super Mario Land is all about travel. Or how Bloodborne is a game about sacrifice. Or how SimCity is actually a conspiracy to mine data about human infrastructure. No, we have to stop with this. We're doing a a promo. Please stop. Intrigued? A little scared? Us too. Make sure to catch us every other Tuesday on your favorite podcatcher app. See you there.